Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today, I am talking about how Beth Moore does not speak for the church. In this, which is a little longer because I used specific examples, I want to show or say to you ladies that a teacher's words have to be credible, they have to be true, and they have to be consistent. So Just Out is Beth Moore's third memoir, All My Knotted Up Life. The first two memoirs were called Feathers from My Nest, A Mother's Reflections, and Things Pondered from the Heart of a Lesser Woman. Moore is a great oral storyteller, and she's also a very good writer. She's written over 25 Bible studies beginning in 1999 with A Woman's Heart, God's Dwelling Place, a study that I just found and purchased and went through um, to do research on her. Three memoirs, a novel, and numerous other books. For most of her publishing life, Moore has been with Lifeway, the publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. But in 2021, when Moore left the publisher, it was stated, Moore was Lifeway's Lifeway's best-selling author with a reach far beyond the SBC to conservative believers of many denominations. Her books and related materials, quote, kept the Nashville-based publisher afloat, end quote, according to Baptist News. At her peak, she generated more than $30 million a year in revenue, end quote. So her current memoir is published by Tyndale, and it's accompanied by, you know, the expected book tour. So Moore is sweeping the South with her book signings. Interest is high in her book's contents. And with that, interest is high on her in general. Her opinion on various topics is being sought, and Beth is happy to give it. She's capitalizing on this current widespread interest by speaking up about, quote, white privilege, quote, white supremacy, and, quote, racism, quote, in the church. Earlier, she jumped on the misogyny bandwagon when the Me Too movement surfaced. And previously, she's jumped on other Christian trends and fads speaking out on them when they were popular. So right from the start, or near the start, I'm going to say Beth Moore is a false teacher. Her skill in storytelling, her rough life, and her emotional appeals notwithstanding, when she teaches the Bible, her teaching fails the Berean test. When comparing her teaching to scripture, these things are not so. Acts 17.11. When I attended a Living Proof Live event in 2011 at an 18,000-seat filled arena, I spoke with women in the lobby as we waited to get in. Many of them had traveled long distances to hear Beth. Some, I discovered, 
follow her from venue to venue. One lady boasted she'd seen Beth at more than 20 LPL events. And when I wrote the my reaction to that to Living Proof Live event in 2011, I had used the word groupie to describe these women. And it's how some describe themselves. I linked to that quote. She described herself as a groupie. But my concern today is that her groupies have now heaped Beth up into a sort of a cult, and she is their idol. Now, I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not kidding. I'll just read two of the recent comments about Beth Moore, and there are frequent comments like this. One person said, Beth Moore is above us, all of us. When we get to heaven, everybody will see that. She either doesn't know that or is Christ on the cross enough not to act like she's above us, but she is. And we're happy for that and praising God for her leadership and example. Wow. This other person said, I've been a Baptist since my believer's baptism in 1975. Shame on you for supporting a pagan. You are not fit to kiss Beth Moore's feet. Wow. Beth Moore's recent elevation, as seen by comments like that, uh, by her tickled-eared followers, is a concern. Why? Moore has millions of people whom she influences between her social media, her interviews, her live events, and her book signings. So therefore, the following issues are important to state, and they lead to an unutterably inexorable, firm conclusion. The first thing I'd like to state is Beth Moore does not speak for the church. No one elected Beth Moore spokesman for, quote, the church. Moore is making numerous allegations, sweeping assertions, and even accusations about, quote, the church. She hasn't defined the church of which she speaks. Her own church, the Anglican, the Baptist denomination church which she left, the church in America, the global church. She didn't define it. The only church, though, of which she should speak is her own. And even then, nasty public accusations are not God-honoring, as per Exodus 20.16, 1 Peter 2.1, Proverbs 11.9, and so on. Again, Beth Moore does not speak for the church. She does not speak for you. She does not speak for me. Under that umbrella of speaking for the church, where she's making these accusations, um, I say, number one, making categorical, unqualified, and vague accusations that are sweeping in scope causes division. Let's look at a few examples. At a recent conference at which she was an invited speaker, she said, how do people who claim to love God and place such a high value on scripture place such a low value on justice? End quote. Well, which people? Where? How can she just make such a sweeping claim? 
Also, she said, at that time, such things as the titanic need for criminal justice reform had not even registered with me. So now she's making accusations about the entire criminal justice system. And again, quote, what became increasingly and startlingly clear was that our politics informed our faith rather than our faith informing our politics. Well, our faith? Who's our? Whose faith was being informed by politics? Hers? Yours? Her churches? What are examples? None are ever given, just these constant sweeping assertions. Now, she did the same thing in 2018 in a letter to my brothers, that's the title of it, in which she talked about, quote, skewed attitudes, not defined. She asked that her brothers, not named, not defined, quote, would simply have no tolerance for misogyny and dismissiveness toward women in your spheres of influence, end quote. She talked of being a female leader and having to, quote, work within the system, end quote. I mean, the system, her church was a system, and instead of saying, I joyously submitted to God's hierarchical roles for men, women, youths, and children, she had to work within it. Her insinuations in the letter to my brothers, again, were vague, unclear. Michelle Leslie wrote of the letter to my brothers, unsubstantiated accusations, quote, how is anyone supposed to agree with or refute the facts of what Beth is saying unless she gives clear explanations and details? What Beth has done in her blog post is to throw out unsubstantiated generalized accusations against a wide swath of nameless Christian men and churches. And she expects us to take her word for it, that there's some epidemic of misogyny across the board in church. And Michelle Leslie quote, so the Bible says about people like Moore who make unsubstantiated assertions Titus 3.10, reject a factious man after a first and second warning. Again, Titus 3.10. Now, the word factious here, or divisive, in other translations means, according to Strong's, a factious person specializing in half-truths and misimpressions to win others over to their personal opinion in misguided zeal, while creating harmful divisions, used only in Titus 3.10. Well, how aptly this verse applies to Beth Moore. One person tweeted an even more pointed comment after watching her recent racism interview, quote, all I saw was emotion with buzzwords attached, end quote. Now, friends, Avoid Beth Moore on this point because the Bible says, quote, you shall not bear a false report. Do not join your hand with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. Exodus 23.1. Number two point about how she does not speak for the church and why she does not speak for the church. Number two, 
Beth Moore hops onto fads. For example, she copied Joel Osteen's, Osteen's mantra for a while. She copied hearing from God from Henry Blackaby, hopped on the contemplative prayer, the blue bracelets thing, home altars, Lectio Divina, Me Too, misogyny, woke, diversity. Whenever it becomes popular, she hops on it. But the Bible, once again, has something to say about chasing the new things. Acts 17.21 says, The Athenians and the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something newer. Chasing after the latest trend is as old as the hills, as we saw in that verse, and it's not new to Beth Moore. Whatever's popular, she goes after with misguided zeal. Three, on why she does not speak for the church and giving you examples why, she variously either minimizes or exaggerates herself or her living situation to fit whatever current situation. Now, Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. You know, in the quote below, Moore used the language of woke, saying she lived in white privilege. Quote, I was in a very privileged part of the world and a very privileged part of the church, she conceded. Awareness of her privilege began to dawn on her over a decade ago. It was a quote from Baptist News about one of her recent interviews. Well, let's fact check that. She was born in 1957. And let's see, did she grow up privileged, which was a word she did not define. Therefore, I get to interpret it the way I interpret it. According to 1960 census, the median income for her county in Arkansas was $3,100. Her specific cities, Arkadelphia, was $3,800. That's accounting for inflation, $38,000 annual salary today. Wealthy salary, it ain't. Unemployment back then was 8.6%, one of the higher unemployment numbers of all the counties in Arkansas. And only 4.3% of female white women completed four years of college at that time. Now, that's not privilege. It's poverty, or it's poorness, or it's underprivilege. She constantly uses language to shape a narrative she wishes a particular audience to resonate with. Now, she either exaggerates, as in the privileged example above, or minimizes it. Let's look at examples of how she minimizes her situation to match whatever audience she wants to believe her. Quote, Beth Moore said, We have a tiny little sliver of water not far from us that you could call a creek if you were in a particularly generous mood. It's got some sand by it that the kids really like. Be blessed that this is not a scratch and sniff picture because the creek doesn't always smell all that good especially if it hasn't rained in a while. But if your nose is stuffy, it can be pretty fun. End quote. Well, she was describing the creek that runs through her estate. 
It's called Spring Creek, and it begins near Waller, Texas, and runs around 45 miles to drain into the San Jacinto River. It actually is the border. It divides Harris and Montgomery County. Spring Creek is the only natural creek in both counties, and it's known for, quote, its sandy banks, undisturbed natural surroundings, and clean water. It serves as home to many animals, including deer, otters, raccoons, possums, and alligators. Many species of fish, including white bass, catfish, crappie, largemouth bass, and bluegill inhabit its waters. It's also known for its occasional Swainson's warbler sightings and for being the easternmost sighting of the green kingfisher, as well as bald eagles, herons, egrets, and other birds, according to Wikipedia on Spring Creek. And along the way, those many miles, there are parks and greenways which attract locals and tourists. Spring, Texas, which is home to Moore's Church, was named after the river. Hardly the dirty, smelly creek she described at all. Here's her description of her own home that she moved into several years ago. Quote, so three years to the day later, we're making it out in these modest woods. These acres would not be beautiful to everybody, but they're beautiful to us. I won't kid you, it's been an adjustment, a lot less eating out, a lot more cooking, a lot more driving to work, cars stay filthy, raccoons won't stay out of the trash. FedEx can never find us, but we don't mind because it was time to make a move out here. For us, it was out where the dawn breaks to the crow of a rooster, end quote. Well, that description of her home evokes an image of the Ingalls dirt hut out on the prairie, doesn't it? But what she doesn't tell you is that the Moore Trust property in Tomball, Texas are not, quote, modest woods that, quote, would not be beautiful to everybody. It's actually a 46-acre forested enclave with its own road, two houses, with a total of seven bedrooms and seven and a half baths, custom outdoor kitchen and fireplaces, and a combined square footage of 6,600 square feet, and assessed by her county at over $2 million. Well, she plays privilege when it suits her, and she plays regular sister when she wants to hide her then four houses, her large home estate, and flying to her venues on a private jet, even to Australia. Number four, last one. Moore is an expert at using political rhetoric to her advantage. Remember, we're looking at reasons why you cannot trust her language. Well, political rhetoric is deliberately vague. You know, you know the kind, the candidate speeches that roll around every election cycle that fling around words like liberty, freedom, prosperity, that each different person listening to has a different idea of its meaning. Larry Etheridge of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology said, quote, Political language is vague because politicians are shrewd and desire to build a winning coalition of people 
who hold different views. End quote. Well, that's Beth Moore. Not desiring to speak unadulterated biblical truth, but to build a coalition of people who hold different views so as to make merchandise of them, says 2 Peter 2.3. Vagueness is why Moore refused to answer when I and other ladies asked her point blank if homosexuality was a sin. It's why she has never come out in support of the Roe v. Wade overturning or has never said clearly that abortion is bad. It's why she has, to my knowledge, never taught a Bible lesson on 1 Timothy. You know, the book that says a woman may not preach to men or have authority over them. And it is exactly why she makes vague claims and will never stop making them. Um, from this article, we read, quote, there are certain advantages in the use of fuzzy concepts and vague boundaries because they extend the range of options open to a speaker. Offering a chance to express many grades of truth and many different attitudes towards propositions without the speaker having to be pinned down to just one position. And that was from an article called Hedges, A Study in Meaning and the Logic of Fuzzy Concepts. And that's Beth Moore expressing many grades of truth. So the conclusion is, I deliberately chose the above examples of how Beth hops onto fads, chooses vague language, and changes her own narrative because the facts add up to this. She cannot be trusted in what she says. I'll repeat, Beth Moore cannot be trusted when she speaks. You cannot trust her words. This is a bad thing for a Bible teacher. She's riding a high wave of widespread approval due to the sad and tragic revelations in her autobiography. Now, I empathize with her about those tragedies. But remember, many Christian people have had these tragedies and worse. But they don't slander or make sweeping accusations or become hard and unteachable or tacitly accept occult status. Beth Moore is a false teacher deceiving and being deceived. While she has her judgment, her I mean, her reward now, judgment awaits for her many sins. Now, I plead with women who are listening to this, do not give an inch to the false teachers, or you will become part of the evil they do. To Peter 2, 1-2 says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be also false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. That is something we do not want to do. Never do we want to malign the way of truth. Our words must be credible, solid, biblical, and unequivocating. It's very important. 
Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.